Hey everyone, uh, thanks for joining us at Founders and Funding. I'm Alex, I'm the co-founder of TechTO, the Canadian partner AngelList, and an active angel investor. Um, this is part of the TechTO org. Uh, we do many different events every week, every day actually, with the goal of helping you understand what the trends in tech are, how to build a business by listening to other people, and basically building community that supports each other. Uh, we do this show in particular to get the stories and understand what it's like to raise money um, as, as a founder or founding team, to also better understand what it's like to work with an investor and how investors think. So thank you for coming. Um, thank you for taking either your lunchtime or your early morning time with us. One thing we do ask is up there's polls. Sometime today, if you can go fill out those polls, because it tells us what you want to hear, what you want to learn, and gives us a bit of feedback. So today's uh, episode is a reflection of that feedback. People said they want to hear about a pitch. So today we're going to have our first pitch from uh, Saeed. I've actually, full disclosure, invested in this deal already and in Saeed's company already. So I'll ask some pointed questions. So now I'd like to welcome up Saeed. Uh, Saeed's the founder of Dimensional. I won't tell you a lot about it. What he's going to do, he's going to pull up and go through his pitch deck and he'll give some context. I will ask some questions every once in a while. Feel free to put questions in the chat with by putting question in the chat and then Saeed or me, or I will answer them. Hey. Hey, Alex. Hey, everyone. So thanks for doing this, Saeed. Um, you, you know, it was a last minute call. So you're, uh, you're, I, I appreciate you coming up. Um, full disclosure, someone is here expecting to see uh, uh, Lee Jacobs uh, from Long Journey Ventures. The uh, founder he was supposed to have on stage got sick last night. So we said, okay, everyone's asking for pitches. And I, I reached out to Saeed, and he was co completely unprepared, but agreed to, to go for this. He's in the middle of pitching his startup, so I think he'll do great. Um, I'd normally ask Saeed to you know, introduce yourself, but I think that might part of you be part of your pitch deck. So yeah. let's, you know, I'll let you take it from here. I'll inter interrupt with a few questions, and I'd uh, love to hear your pitch. And I'll, ask, you know, I'll give the you know, investor comment or feedback as you overlay as you go through it. It sounds good. Maybe I'll give a super in terms of how we, I even got to the dimensional stage. So I started off my career as a management consultant. And that's where Alex and I, I think we maybe we met. I'm not even sure. We didn't work together, know. but we worked in the same office. We probably uh, crossed shoulders at some point. Um, I transitioned from that point on to working at Expedia as a product manager and then worked at a uh, career testing startup in Vancouver for about six or seven years. So between Expedia and that startup is where I developed the the desire to start dimensional and i'll give someone more piece of context here um jason goldless who some people here might know as you know the co-host for tech to also worked with us um at that consulting firm and he stayed in much closer touch with saeed and so when saeed started raising he said hey alex you have to you have to talk to saeed because you know jason's a huge fan and he was right in pointing me in your direction so yeah so lesson number one is nepotism actually <laughs> Nepotism, you're not related. <laughs> no, we're not related. <laughs> Jason's having, definitely having not related. friends in the right places, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it, it goes back to, look, net, networks are important. They can be overcome, but it helps to have a lot of what I call loose connections. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I say that mostly jokingly. So let me pull up my my screen at this point. Alex and everyone, I guess I'll ask you, Alex, you can see my screen right now? Uh, yes, I can. All right, so um, the startup's called Dimensional. The premise for Dimensional, um, as I said earlier, is I spent several years working at a career testing startup in Vancouver. At that startup, I developed a 
a ton of firsthand knowledge of psychometrics. I, I didn't know the first thing about personality science before I joined, didn't have a background in psychology. In fact, my background was in uh, design, finance, and a little bit of computer science. But over that time, um, I learned a ton about how personality science is used to help people find the right career. And the impetus behind Dimensional was me realizing as I developed a, lo a lot of like, deep knowledge of the different dimensions and different approaches to personality science that it's actually more helpful in a broader context to give people self-understanding and awareness of other people as opposed to uh, just a small slice of its use, which I found was career testing. So th that led me to the idea behind Dimensional, which is a social personality test. So a uh, couple quick ahead, things Alex. here. One is just, I'm sure you'll get into it later in the deck, but what is personal personality science? So just give a, I, th I think most people are familiar with it, but when you talk about personality science, it's not necessarily um, clear what it means. Good question. Yeah. So most people, when they hear the term personality science, if they know something about it, they might think of things like Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram. I think the last statistics I checked is something like over 90% of people have taken one of uh, one of the two of those, including StrengthsFinder. But in in the more broad term, personality science is the measurement of people's uh, behavioral instincts. You could keep it at a really high level. So in the workplace, people often take things like uh, Myers-Briggs or StrengthsFinder. But then there's also um, cases in counseling where people might take personality tests to better improve their relationships, whether it's through marriage counseling or family counseling. There's clinical personality tests which can measure people's disorders there's positive personality tests, but the real idea is, is there a common pattern of behaviors that we can measure and create a taxonomy whereby um, we can understand those behaviors and predict future behaviors based on that? So that, that's kind of the more clinical explanation of what personality science is. Second question, is this a new uh, front page or new slogan? Uh, maybe. I don't think so, though. I think this was this this did evolve several times. So one of the things that Alex and I have talked about is there isn't one deck for dimensional. There is um, the probably by the time I spoke to Alex, which was relatively later in my fundraising, it was maybe six or seven versions, um, depending on who I was speaking to. So the very first investor was actually someone I had known at my time uh, in Vancouver, one of the early investors at the, my previous company. And he was a well-known um, IO psychologist in the city. So he ran, he ran a psychology practice. So I had a deck very much tuned to him, which was much more deep into the psychology and personality science elements, much less into things like market sizing and more of the more business lingo. Um, I spoke to people who were more product people where the deck was almost entirely around, based around product and marketing. And then I'm, perhaps I'd say the version I showed you, Alex, and this version is maybe the most uh, generic version where it kind of it hints at uh, hits a personality science a little bit, it hits a product, and it hits a market. So I have no spike, nothing to sell me on. Just, <laughs> I'm just very generic. Okay, I'll let I'll let you start walking yeah. through and sharing knowledge with everyone viewing. Sounds good. So one of the things um, one of the things I learned when I was when I was doing some branding work is this concept of meat lines. I don't know if it's relevant for uh, every startup, but the idea is you take one thing, meet something else. So, you know, you could say Uber is, or the startup might be Uber meets, um, wave or something like that. Uh, in this case, I thought really what I'm talking about is there's this whole world of personality science. I want to bring that into the social world. Hence personality science meets social, uh, more specifically dimensional is a mobile app. So this starts to get deeper into what it actually is. 
Uh, the mission behind it is to help people understand themselves and their friends using personality science. That's a really lofty statement. Um, a lot can fit into that. And I guess one asterisk I will add to all of this is that, uh, Alex, you talk about like blue ocean, yeah. red ocean often. So I, maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I would say this is the epitome of blue ocean. Yeah. Um, there's... So maybe I'll give a definition. So when I'm looking at startups as an investor, one thing I try to figure out is how competitive in nature is is industry or the market they're going after. And blue ocean basically means, hey, there's clear sailing. There's no one really competing in this, which also means, is there really a market here? And then, and then red ocean is something like where there's blood in the water because there's so many sharks in there. So like, you know, we'll, actually I was listening to podcasts. The razor market is red ocean. You got two big sharks. You got P&G and I can't remember the one that one that makes chick. And you had a Harry's go in there and, and try to compete in, and uh, Dollar Shave Club. Very competitive, you know, so I look at blue ocean versus red ocean, but go on. Yeah, and so when developing this deck, this is very much blue ocean. There isn't really a social personality test out there, certainly not one that's on mobile and is trying to do what I'm trying to do. So as I was thinking about how to structure this deck, it was less around, um, you know, what is our, less focused around what's our unique uh, competitive feature that's going to make us better than the rest, although there is some elements of that, and more around how can there be a market for this. Um, so, say so maybe maybe a tip here, maybe talk to it like you're um, like I'm um, pitching you. You're pitching me, yeah, because okay. I think because I, I think that will give more insight in that pitch, and then I'll, I'll I'll pick apart with questions maybe. Sounds good. Uh, so to start off, there uh, there is a need for personality testing. Uh, it's a four billion dollar market. It's growing at ten to twenty percent. Most people, when they think of this, they, the two big names that come to mind, and I don't know the exact figures, uh, but the, the big chunk of the market goes to StrengthsFinder and MBTI because they're the two corporate players. Uh, I couldn't find the exact mix between um, what percentage of this revenue is enterprise, so B2B, the kind of personality test you would take on the job, and which percentage is consumer, so the kind of thing where like a 16 personalities test where people will find the test online and take it themselves. My hunch is that right now the market is more, much more enterprise than consumer, but I've read anywhere from 50-50 to you know, 90-10. So it, it's a pretty big swath there. One of the most interesting things, though, is that the majority of people have taken personality tests. Most of them find it useful. And even on a consumer level, 10% uh, of people said they would pay for a personality test. Uh, in terms of what personality testing is used for by consumers. And so this is less around um, B2B. First of all, it's people like to know their strengths and blind spots. So personal development uh, is a big one. Uh, second is around understanding uh, their relationships. So this goes back to understanding your partner, your friends, your family, either working better with people or loving people, people better. And then the third, even on the consumer side is uh, professional development. How can I be better at work? How can I have, uh, how can I form strong relationships with people on the team? So the questions I asked here, I remember was a, like, where do you get this $4 billion market? What's a consumer and this, you know, enterprise breakdown. And then what's the trends behind this? Why is this, is this becoming bigger or not? And so like, you know, why, I think you, there was a few supporting trends here. And so why do you, you know, why do you, why is this becoming more important right now? Or why, why are people more interested in personality testing? Yeah. So it's, it's a good question. One is um, a general and demographic trend towards self-understanding. So 
it happens to be the right time for this in that there's a proliferation of apps like say CoStar that come at this in a different direction. So for those, maybe this audience doesn't know, CoStar is a popular astrology app um, where you give it your birth information and it gives you insights about who you are. Of course, most people would say that's not scientific, um, but it's very popular. Um, and it added what it did uniquely that hadn't been done before. It added the social layer. So you add your friends to CoStar as well. It tells you how compatible you are from everything from like work to um, sex and aggression to communication. And, and so apps like that are kind of paving the way. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned this uh, on my conversation with you, Alex, although I, I probably did, is also more of a, a broader shift towards people looking at things like personality testing as a replacement for, uh, frankly, things like religion, where hmm. your sources of meaning in the past came from institutions and came from your culture. Now that we're moving into more and more of an individualist uh, society, people are looking at things like personality t testing to answer bigger questions around who am I, what should I be doing? Whereas before, you know, who am I, you know, I am of this religion, my dad does this job, so I'm going to do that job as well. Um, so there's a lot more individual choice, which is leading people to have uh, a need for self-understanding. There's a question from the audience, um, from Andrew. He's asking, are there metrics on outcomes as a result of personality testing? So I guess, how valid is this? Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. There, it depends on the, I suppose it depends on how personality testing is being used. So I can speak to the last company I worked at uh, where I always had a product there. So we did career testing that helped people identify what careers they should go into using personality testing. So it was much less around the broad qualitative self-awareness and more of a specific recommendation of these are the kinds of careers that are going to be useful for you. Uh, we did some validation testing afterwards where we asked people, um, you know, hey, did this help you? Like, we did less longitudinal, so we couldn't go years and years in the future. But we said we'd ask people, hey, did this help you um, choose your courses for your next year, or did this help you choose your college major? And there's a lot of uh, quantifiable support that people found it helpful. Now, things like uh, proving out whether or not ten years in the future it led to stronger relationships or whatnot, I don't have the data on that. Does that answer the question? I think so. If not, Andrew will write the follow-up question. So uh, the idea behind Dimensional is that, okay, there's this big market for personality testing. Apparently, there's a $4 billion market. Um, so what's the problem with it? What is it that we're going to do differently? So I think about three major problems with uh, popular tools out there. So first of all, and it, it goes to the name itself, Dimensional, is that most personality tests are one dimensional. They measure one thing like uh, your temperament or your conflict styles or some more you know, uh, popular personality tests like love languages measure specifically your love languages. Strengths Finder measures your strength. They don't holistically measure who you are. So I wouldn't use, for instance, um, Discovery Insights for uh, improving a romantic relationship. I wouldn't use uh, Myers-Briggs to help me improve my conflict style. So like they're, they're suited for one dimension and they're also relatively reductive. So one thing we know about personality science is that you're not an introvert or an extrovert. You're a mix of both. You're not a thinker or a feeler. You're, you're somewhere along that spectrum. So it's not black and white, it's gray. And most of these personality tests will bucket you uh, in a way that's pretty unscientific and really reduces the, the signal. 
the second is none of the tools out there are really social. I always ask like, what's the first thing you do when you take a personality test? You ask people close to you to take one as well. So you can either compare your results or you can see, hey, how does an INTJ um, compare with a ENTP, for instance? Uh, so that behavior already exists and yet there isn't a single company that's really exploiting that behavior to make full use of what's possible. And then finally, this is maybe the, the least specific one. I call it, it's not engaging or actionable. So a lot of them are just descriptive. It'll say things like, hey, you're, you're direct and firm. And it might give you a little bit of recommendations around what that means if you're working with, say, conscientious people on the side of DISC. Um, but they're, uh, they don't really give you actionable insights of, hey, this is what something you should watch out for. If it's if you're talking to this kind of person versus this kind of person, it's it's more strictly about you and less around like actionable insights that you can use uh, based on other people's profiles. And then finally, the non-engaging part they're they're boring PDFs, they're bubble sheets. Okay, so most people like the results, but not the input. So I'm gonna just give some context what I'm hearing as an investor. So far, Saeed's told me what he wants to do that it's a big market and the current incumbents are leaving lots of unmet needs. Um, I also see a couple of questions. I'll get back to those questions in a few minutes. But so just yeah. At this point, I usually, I let's say when I was, I think I bought into what this right now. And then I think this just goes back to more details on, you know, go on. Just, I guess that yeah. does you, so like what's a high level takeaway from this slide? Yeah, I can keep this one pretty short. Yeah. Uh, this goes to the pretty much the, maybe a fourth pillar, but it's really the first one is that there's a lot of useful scientific personality tools out there that aren't being used by uh, popular incumbents because they're hard to interpret. And I'll get to this in a second, but one of the powerful things that Dimensional does is use technology to make more sophisticated personality science accessible to the masses. That's really what this is about. So this is an example of a theory of basic values that was developed in 2012, bleeding edge by the personality science industry standards. Uh, really interesting insights into how it can be used, but not at all popular consumer or enterprise use. And so th this goes to, okay, well, what is dimensional going to do differently? Uh, as the name suggests, first of all, it measures multiple dimensions of people. So we're not looking at, say, four traits like Myers-Briggs. There's literally hundreds of traits that we're going to measure. So you can think of it more as 23andMe as opposed to, you know, you have blue eyes or, or brown eyes. It's quite an in-depth look at both uh, the, some of the more, your more superficial personality traits and some things that go a lot more deeply. And in terms of how we are going to use personality, in terms of how we're going to use technology, there's a number of things. But one example of that is that um, we're going to use, I hate using the word AI or ML because it's so overused, but there is a really basic statistical system that will continuously validate our results. So the way that personality science in the past has worked is you develop this theory and then that theory should be able to predict certain things. You'll do a validation study, a one-time validation study to say, hey, does this predict those things? Uh, and if it does, how well does it do it? we're able to actually do that continuously and in real time because we're constantly having people go through the system and give us validation information that can help us improve our results. So that's kind of a moat um, that's unique for us here. The second is we're going to be social. So when I say social, it's not just that I can look at your profile and you can look at mine. The idea is that every person's profile is unique. So going back to the 23andMe, it's almost like your unique fingerprint or the blueprint of you. We're able to, again, use technology to compare those two blueprints to say, okay, where are the really specific areas that you're going to be compatible? Where are the areas that you're going to conflict? And what are some things, whether it's compatibility or conflict, that you should just know about someone, that it's going to help you across different contexts, like whether it's love or work. 
Um, and then finally, I say modern, it's, there's a lot of things that go into that, but I, it touches on what the next generation of people want and how they actually use technology. So it's built for Gen Z and that it's mobile. Uh, the content is all based on the idea that we're all unique and yet like appreciating our individuality doesn't mean that we can't uh, live in harmony together. Uh, there, there's real actionable feedback. It's not just like vague horoscopes. They're actually, as you, as we may see, they're really specific. Um, and it's an engaging platform. You don't answer questions for two hours and then get a report at the end. You're get you're answering questions is actually part of the experience. You're getting results in real time. So I'm going to interrupt because there's a question from Dinesh, Dinesh a while back saying, what are investors primed to importance of personality testing? I'm guessing investors might have some skepticism to it. So at this point I'd say, okay, you know, as an investor, you've heard about the market size and the approach. And I think this is the beauty and the art and science of being an early stage investor. Um, part, you're going to bet on the, on the founder, but yes, you have to believe there's a market there. And I think, I think most investors have come from, have worked in a professional setting where they've been given an MT, MBTY test or one, one of the tests. Like I think in my career at this point, I probably have had three different tests assigned to me by an enterprise. And there's a questions about the validity. There's, there's quite, there was questions about the market size. I went and, I went and said, okay, is this market really $4 billion? And then with the approach Saeed's taking here, it's trying to make it more on a consumer level, make it more impactful. And there is no proxy of that today. It's not like, or at least Saeed did convince me there's some people that do this, but like you get a Myers-Briggs test, you talk about it for a couple of days. If you're like a place like McKinsey, you go talk about it with, whenever you meet someone, but it's like a two minute chat. It's not habitual. It's not something that's important to life. And that's the skepticism as an investor I had. Um, but what I hear here is that, you know, you start going, is there a fundamental belief that people want to know about, more about themselves and want to be given some help in achieving goals? Or Because what I hear is this is fundamentally what Saeed's trying to solve here is use personality assessments or personality science to help people understand themselves better and achieve goals better. I'm like, is there a market for it? Is there a desire for that? I go, yes. Is it going to be easy to get to? No. Um, so this is, you know, it starts going to, there's going to be a subset of investors that just say, okay, this doesn't sound right to me. You know, it's not enterprise. It's not, you know, there's no proven mark. There's no proven market here. This, this is different. And then I think that there's a, some people will say, okay, this sounds interesting. It could work. If it does, it could be big. Um, but let me know more about the team. And it comes down to the team. Um, there's another question that Maryam just put up. Where did you get the initial data from and where do you use, what do you, what, what do you use as a baseline? So Saeed, did you want, you want to answer that? Uh, yeah. So specific uh, data on what? Like the, 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 yes, the just, yes, just how to give insights to people. Oh, interesting. I mean, part of that comes simply from my experience. So if you asked me seven years ago, Hey, Saeed, do you think you'll start a personality testing app or startup in that space? I would have said no, um, like not even close. I know nothing about it. I think this, I mean, you can speak to this, Alex, maybe more than I can, but this is kind of just leveraging subject matter expertise that I developed almost accidentally. Sorry, and uh, I, I think the question is more like, how do you get the initial data for the insights that Dimensional is going to give to? Oh, I see. Um, yeah, a, a lot more specific question. That data comes from a lot of uh, existing research. So the dimensions we use, we're not actually, and it's not in this deck, we're not actually developing any uh, tests from scratch. We're using publicly available assessments uh, from either from literature or just institutions that have done like open source assessments with a lot of existing validation studies around those things. 
we can then use the technology to refine additional insights we develop. But as, as far as it goes initially, we're just using existing publicly available information and making it accessible. Cool. We'll get to that. Keep on pitching. I've been interrupting you. It's been a bit weird no, it's interrupting you with specific questions or insights. It, it's great. It gives me a break from speaking. I appreciate it. Uh, so I think the best way to understand what dimensional is at this point is to actually just take you through examples of what the product could be. So when I talk about uh, there's many dimensions, so these are the actual seven dimensions we want to start with. And this, is, this uh, indicates the kind of user experience that a user would have. So you can think about it, instead of thinking about it as just like a personality test, pen and paper, the, the modality we're thinking about is actually kind of like video games. Like how can we, again, it's overused, but how can we gamify personality testing and make the experience of self-exploration the same kind of experience you would have as going through a level of a video game? So we start with people going through temperament, or this is really just another term for like, you could say core personality, um, looking at things like, you know, introversion, extroversion, agreeableness, um, your openness to experience. This is the, the 30 traits that define like the most core you. But then as you go through the assessment, they start building on top of each other. So we go to strengths, then we go to values and love languages, and they start to get more specific in, in real areas. So we start general, and then we go really specific. And the idea is users are going to be learning about themselves as they take these assessments. So they have more and more incentive to keep going the way, the same way you do with like, a, say a video game, you're, you're learning, you're earning experiences about yourself. So this goes, uh, this goes to the point I was just making around the assessment experience and the world experience. So you can think about a user, they choose a world to explore at first, they have to start with temperament. So they start with their temperament. They answer a bunch of questions, like in the second screen, those are the, an example of what the questions are like. And then in, their experience is actually going to be interrupted as we learn about them. So they're just on the temperament assessment alone. I don't know the number exactly, but there's something like up to 100. Um, you know, it's probably less than that. But let's say there's 80 potential discoveries you can have about yourself. So some of them are specific discoveries around individual traits, like say agreeableness, but then sometimes they're a combination of things as well. Like, hey, it turns out you are, um, you experience anger to be, anger more readily than average, but you are highly agreeable. So that means you might actually be suppressing a lot of your anger. And like, this is how that can manifest. That's one of the more negative examples, but I use that one because um, it's one that people have found useful when I speak to it. And then this is the, the design language of the insights. So as you earn these discoveries and you want to go deeper, this is kind of what I was saying earlier, there's uh, the concept of elements and patterns. So an element is something like say altruism, where we determine during the assessment when midway through, hey, you're altruistic. And so you develop a score for that. And by the way, you, you have a score for everything, but what we highlight in the discoveries is things that you're really an outlier on. But then as you take more and more of the assessment, you, you start um, discovering what are called patterns. So what patterns are, are a combination of things. So this is an example of a pretty elaborate pattern that we've called process manager. So in this case, it's someone who's really uh, conscientious, extroverted, and conventional, uh, but doesn't really care much for self-direction. So you can think of self-direction as someone who you know, doesn't want to take um, doesn't want to take work from a supervisor. They really like to be in charge of the kind of work they do. You can imagine someone who's managing process in a large organization needs to be able to take direction really well. Um, so this is kind of like an archetype of a process manager. So you you start with some of the more like elemental discoveries and you move on to things that are really specific to you based on those elements. So uh, just say a couple of questions here. I'm going to try, you know, basically one is like, 
how do you make sure people answer these honestly? So if they're taking it for corporate purpose, they're not gaming it. And also another one like, hey, people might answer differently if different times or different moods. So how's 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 that impact the results? And how do those you? Good, yeah, those are both good questions. So I'll start with the the second one. So a good question structure, um, a good question actually should be relatively independent for mood. You can never completely remove that, but the way you ask a question um, is a bit of a science and an art. And so, the, like I said earlier, we actually use existing, um, we use existing assessments out there. We're not writing these questions ourselves. And one of the checkboxes that a good personality test needs to have is called test retest reliability, meaning they give it to a group of people once, and then they give it to a group of people a second time, the same group of people. So you might give it, there's different kinds of spans you can use. It could be weeks, it could be a couple months. And the idea around, around a personality trait is that they should be relatively stable. So within a week, your personality shouldn't change unless you're, you have a complex. Um, and so that's one of the, the measures they use. So by default, like that's, that's a feature here. In terms of gameability, it, you're completely right. It's actually why I don't believe in using personality tests for the purposes of selection. So the instant you introduce incentives for people to game the system, there's a lot of things you can do and we, we do do them. Like we introduce questions um, around social desirability. Um, so how someone perceives themselves in relation to others that we can use to normalize the data. So we measure things like that in the system, uh, but actually correcting for it is really tough. The good thing is it's really only a problem when you people have an incentive to gain the system. In this case where it's really around uh, like self-improvement and self-understanding. There's a lot less of that. And even on the social level of things, um, it's not in this deck, but every personality trait has a good and bad. So being, for instance, really highly tender-minded, it's great in that you're highly empathetic, but then you're also more vulnerable to be, frankly, being taken advantage of uh, by certain other personality types. So the, with the exception of a few traits, there's really no good or bad. Um, and that's in the language and the copy of the product. It's really just about understanding. And then there's one more question, which is actually something I asked as an investor. So Marianne asked, if this is something people would use, is this something people would use once? What's the lifetime value? So basically, why would I come back to this? And, you know, I think you haven't got to it yet, but you did talk, you, you know, so maybe explain, I don't know if you want to jump to a slide that explains that. Yeah, maybe, um, yeah, yeah I, I'll answer that now. Yeah. I'll at least make some allusions to it and then we can get to it as well. So I, it's a great question. It, it frankly is maybe the, there's two questions that, came up the most. One is, uh, how is this going to be habitual? How do you get people to use this continuously? And two, is there really a market for this? Um, so in terms of the habitual one, the hypothesis is that this isn't a one-time assessment. It's that we're building a tool that is going to be a guide for people in their life. And a big piece of that is that they revisit. And a big piece of that is the social element. So the idea is that, so this is an example of a profile of say Robin, I can look at Robin's profile. And these are actually older mock-ups. I wish I could show newer ones. I can look at uh, Robin's profile and um, see between work, play, and love how we vibe together. And all of the things she learned about herself are packaged uh, differently so that we can, uh, so that I can view her profile. So not as intimately as she would understand herself, but as it pertains to me, how it's relevant. And the idea is not only can you view other people, but maybe if I could jump ahead, yeah, uh, but at, at some point, you're then taking assessments about other people. So the, the premise is, I want to understand myself and understand other people. Well, to the second part, there's specific questions around understanding, say, the quality of your friendship or the quality of your romantic relationship. 
where there's these kind of mini assessments, 10 to 30 questions we can ask about specific relationships that'll highlight no longer just insights about the two of you individually, but the two of you together with pieces of advice around strengthening those relationships. So I'll give you some insight on what I hear. Like those are two of my fundamental questions. Like, is this a big, is this a real market? Is it big? And how, you know, to make it worthwhile, you don't want to be rec recruiting customers for every test. And so the way I look at it almost is the way I view Saeed approaching this is like, Hey, this is almost a person. This is like your personality coach based upon personal assessments where you get feedback from others that are trying to, and can help you achieve goals. So I don't think he solved how he gets to that point, but it's like, hey, you could be using your social life or your per your personal life. Hey, you want to get a, you know, this is a new goal you want to do based on your habit. Here's three things that'll make it easier. Or you're going to go meet with your superior. Here's a reminder or a colleague. Here's a reminder about where you might have to change your style to work with her or him because, you know, you guys have different approaches to stuff. So it was it was interesting because it was taken away from actually making the personality assessments real and useful as a coach. I, I think there's another question that just came up um, from Dine, Dinesh again. Um, seems like your website that you're still, it's just a wait list. How do you prove your product? You know, do you have some kind of MVP prototype? Maybe you can give a quick answer to that and then I'll give you my thoughts. Yeah, so there's, um, I think I know your thoughts, Alex, so I'll let you get to yours. Um, but we are, we're phasing this out in three stages. So the first stage is a it's even a pre-MVP, you could call it. So we're building a version of the product, won't even be publicly available, that we have around 100 people to take. So that'll help us collect data in terms of how people use the product, what people like, what people don't. I'm doing some early focus grouping right now. So every week I do at least one focus group where I take people through interactive mock-ups to understand, um, again, where where is confusion, what features should we be focusing on. There's a lot of limitations to what you can learn in a focus group, though. Um, but I would say those are the kind of the two. So we're going to have a first release version before it's even publicly available. And then even before that, we're doing kind of interactive uh, mockups right now. But I'll be the first to say there's still a lot to prove and iterate on. So going back more specifically, there is no MVP right now. There's no product right now. It's, it's more of concept mockups and in the research phase, I call it. Um, and I think from an investor's perspective, there's, there's a lot of investors that want to see some product working to know you can build something and that you will build something. Um, I think for the right founders, it, there's an ability to make an investment early, um, because it's not realistic that every product gets out to market. And and you know, and then also as a founder, the risk is you, if you can raise pre -pro pre product, it might be easier because the second you get live, I can people will start anchoring on on um, actual metrics. So in this case, there was no no product, and I felt comfortable. And there's some other cases where I know I need to see a product out there. Um, mm -hmm. So another question from Arun. Uh, do you plan to use data from users' Facebook, Twitter history to create a user's profile and compare it with how the users assess themselves? Short answer is no. There's not. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of claims that, for instance, you can take a look at someone's writing sample and determine their personality, for instance. Um, but I call that, at least at this stage, uh, AI snake oil to some degree, where there's there's no evidence that it works, but there's a lot of people trying to do it. Cool. Um, Want to get back to the pitch? Uh, maybe. I know we're we're getting through in detail. Let's see, like, can you get to the high level for the next few slides? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've seen what social's like. the The dream, though, is that eventually social looks like this, where there's two things to to gain about this page. One is that you have people on this assessment, like a celebrity, that you can uh, get insights about, even if you're 
not friends with them. So there's, there's kind of a potential future for a followership model. And the second, this gets back to what I was saying around the power of socials, not just looking at um, people's traits, like looking at someone's 23 and me, but actually seeing how the two of you vibe together. So we split the insights here on these social pages into three components, uh, hazards, we've renamed these, but hazard, harmony, and understand where uh, it's really specific actionable feedback around how you can um, work, play, or love with this person. Hence, you can see the tabs. I don't know if you can see my mouse, but you can see the, the three context tabs there. Um, and then this is where, as we go further and further into the deck, it, becomes, it goes from areas of more certainty into areas we want to explore in the future that could be interesting. Uh, so we, we have all this data on you around multiple, multiple dimensions. With that data, we can power a number of reports that can help you make decisions around different inflection points of your life or really understand yourself through a specific framework. So these are two examples of reports. There could literally be dozens here. You could have a love report. You could have a coping styles report that uses that underlying data. There isn't even uh, content here besides like a illustrative table of contents. Um, but the idea is these would be a potential area of monetization where you can think about it as like a, an in product app store where uh, the assessment's free, but to get further understanding, you're paying these one-time transactional. So a couple, fees. couple questions um, from Aiden. How long was Saeed's initial pitch to to me? Uh, I think it was like half an hour, and it was much more of a conversation than this has been. And then I think uh, we had probably two or three follow-up calls. I got to know more about the market and more about Saeed. Mm -hmm. um, second one uh, from Alexandra is Donald Glover a user? <laughs> no, he's not. Will he be a user? <laughs> uh if he is, I'll buy you a steak dinner, Alex. If he's a user within the first year, how about that? Okay, cool. I'm, I'm just a bit cautious of time, so maybe just like let's go to the high level next stuff, and then because uh, yeah, I want to, yeah, maybe you guide um, Alex. What do you think is going to be most interesting? So, so audience? one thing you haven't touched upon here, which I think was very important to to my decision, was who's the team and your background. Yeah, so I didn't actually put the team uh, in this deck here, but the team. My background is I've spent, uh, like I said, seven years working at an online. Uh, career testing company. So it was actually a bit different because we wrote our career test from scratch. But my background is pretty relevant in that I have a consumer marketing and product development background. I pretty much did every role under the sun at that startup. So I was an engineer for a bit. I was head of design, head of product, and then eventually became president of the company. Um, and then um, the other guy on the team has a uh, deep experience in computer science and psychology. So he has, uh, he's a, a dropout of a, uh, of a biopsychology degree um, where he learned about like, the biological markers that predict personality traits, really deep understanding of personality science, as well as um, an incredibly strong engineer. So kind of like the dream person to be working with on something like this combined, we have a pretty good understanding of personality science and then, um, separately, we have our own spikes between design and engineering. And then um, the third, not a co-founder, but a friend of mine who's a really strong content writer that's been supporting us as well. Um, and, but it's a pretty lean team at this and point. And how did you know your co-founder? Uh, back at uh, the old company. Yeah. The other thing which I spent a lot of time is understanding, how do you get your initial customers? Yeah, so this is, um, I, I get asked this question a lot. There's there's a really specific answer and more of a broad answer. So the specific answer is there is an existing cohort of, you know, power users. I call these people like personality 
testing enthusiasts. So these people have taken, you know, several personality tests. They know their Enneagram, they know their Myers-Briggs. They tend to, there tends to be an overlap between them and people who also um, are into astrology. It's the people who are just really thirsty for personal development. Uh, the good thing is they, there's a lot of online communities that they're focused on. So I think the three that I mentioned is there's uh, a forum called Personality Cafe, which is for these enthusiasts. There's a few sub subreddits like Find Your Past. And I think personality testing is itself a subreddit as well. Um, so we can target those and start building community around that. But we're also starting with, um, I mean, this will be a good plug, is Dimensional.me. There is a sign up. Um, for early testing. So we're going to actually limit the first tranche of users to be invite only. Um, and then we're going to be using that early tranche of users to test things like, um, like how can we introduce the social layer elegantly before we start expanding it. So it's going to be invite only. And then um, those people will get invites to share themselves. So we can actually learn how that invite uh, model cascades. There's actually a, a a slide on marketing. Would this be helpful to go through, Alex? Let's go, go, go to it. And I'll just say one thing in the business model, which you just skipped over. Like I, I was, to me, it was more important to see how Saeed was thinking about business model and getting some ideas around that, what he thinks success looks like, but it was, it's, it's still very hypothetical at this point. So I would, I, I looked at it more as an input into learn what the thoughts uh, the team was thinking about opposed to here, this is what's going to actually happen. And also, I see a question from Vibav. We'll get that to that in a couple of seconds. So I just want to go. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the, there's a lot of varieties of consumer marketing. The one area we're not going to be doing, which is maybe like the, the most popular area, is, is paying for clicks. Um, we're a pre-seed company right now. We don't have money to be having Facebook ads and Instagram ads or whatnot. Um, we're going to focus entirely initially or almost entirely, I should say, on product marketing. So the three major bullet points on that is one, uh, when you hear the word social personality test, the first thing of caution that might come to mind is social means it's a market. There's going to be a chicken egg problem because we're starting with a, what I call like the single player game, the game or the product that's oriented around self-discovery. We think that uh, if we can build a product and we believe we can, that is interesting to users completely absent the social layer that um, we can still succeed. So our first iteration of the app is based, there's gonna be some small social elements, but it's based entirely around self-discovery because we think we have to get that part right before we move on to the social elements. Um, but the second piece is uh, once you've gone through that, then the experience only gets better with friends. Going back to the features I was showing earlier. So you wanna learn about how your friends are like, you wanna learn, um, you wanna learn about um, how you vibe together. And then there's a third part of social, which is around sharing. So sharing is, is different than having friends on the platform. Sharing is about, uh, frankly, like the more like egocentric side of things of, hey, I learned about, you know, something unique about myself. I want to share it. Or in this case, the example we use is in our dream world, people will be putting their dimensional handles on their online dating profiles. Because the first thing in terms of building a conversation with someone you've matched with or understanding them, um, why wouldn't you want to know um, how the two of you vibe together and give you like you points to have conversations around especially getting daniel glover to do it exactly yeah and so so so, so 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 some thoughts here was like look you know the two things i liked about his go-to-market approach was he knew a bunch of communities where you can find those early alpha users that were eager to that have a need right away and you can test you know sort of retention and how to use it they aren't the water market and they don't scale but it gets you it so you know what knew who those people are and where they are 
And then I think he's also thinking enough about, hey, I, you know, until you get scale, it's hard to get a marketplace and social functions going. So let's make this good without making it social. I, I think the other aspect, which I'm going to not cover here, was the other thing was we spent a lot of time is how much you have to raise and how are you going to use how you going to use the money to get to the next, be able to raise more or get to cash flow independent. Um, we just we're not going to get to cash flow independent with this raise, but um, we have certain metrics we're going to get to. Um, I'll ask, so there's a question there from Vibehav, I hope that's how you pronounce your name. Uh, how, you know, how do you get, how did you go about funding and financing your first hires, especially for coming out where, with the initial prototype? When was the jump made to investor funding for hiring? Yeah, it's a good question. So initially I was self-funding. So I'm not paying myself right now. So in terms of the first hire, I just took the gamble that like, look, this is something I believe in. I can't fund this business for a year out of pocket, but I can fund it for long enough to get other investors. So I, I when I say I self-funded, I don't want to make it sound like I have an infinite war chest and that you need to have that. It's really just being able to take enough risk because I believe in it. Um, and then I, I was willing to take investment as soon as it came on. And frankly, in terms of the conversations I had with investors, like Larry was the first investor. He was the psychologist in Vancouver. I'd been developing a relationship with him for years and I knew, you know, over a year before I actually started Dimensional that this is something I wanted to do. So that was an, a relationship I invested in and it wasn't a transactional one. It was just something where I showed him progress on in terms of my thinking. I had conversations with him about the product and I made him feel um, like a real thought partner in it and not just someone I was going to for money. And so once he realized that I'm really serious about this and I was putting my own time and money into it, that's when uh, his investment came in. Cool. Um, Saeed, I'm going to let you off the hook now. Uh, just so you, as, if it's not obvious yet, I did, uh, I did invest in this round of dimensional. Um, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for joining us.